What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking 215. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of the Talking 215 podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time of the day you are listening, welcome to this week's edition of Talking 215. Tom Stakes, Talking 215, back after a brutal, brutal, brutal lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I feel like they have the Eagles franchise number when it comes to the playoffs. It just seems like, especially lately after that early 2000 surge, the Rondé Barber interception turned everything around and we are just, we're reeling, man. We're reeling now. And, uh, and, and we're, we're, we're on the couch, just like uh, our arch nemesis, the Cowboys who gave us a little hope when they lost. Somebody, somebody tell me something, man. What are you guys feeling about this loss? We're not going to get too deep into it, but I want to, I want to let you guys vent for a little bit. I mean, if we're going to vent, I'll, I'll definitely go first real quick and vent. I'm, I can't remember being this disgusted in a team just based off of how expectations started and how they ended. Um, This really does trump any Sixers collapse, any Phillies collapse, anything like that that we've seen before. This was just ridiculous um tom you mentioned the cowboys earlier a little bit just you know on your intro there and while we had a nice little laugh at them for a little bit i think ours was worse even though the cowboys had higher aspirations the cowboys played great defense all year and then just had one game where they messed up and that game happened to be the playoffs we have not played good football for about 10 straight weeks and it showed up and it continued This is an indictment more than the players than it is the entire coaching staff, the philosophies, the power struggle, whatever you want to call it. This is the type of shit that we normally make fun of the Dallas Cowboys franchise for the inability to show up in big games, the inability to get it done in a playoffs against an inferior opponent struggles between the coaching staff and the players, your stars not showing up when need be. This is exactly the type of shit that we make fun of the Dallas Cowboys for. And yet here we are. So you want to talk about frustrations, guys, don't let's not waste too much time talking about what we could have done to win, because I'll be honest with you. The Detroit Lions would have blown the brakes off of us next week. Okay, that is a polished, well-coached team. So let's not dwell on that. Let's start talking about what we got to do to fix this shit because it's terrible. Yep. Yep. And no, you you actually like took the words right off of my script. I literally have written down like I don't want to break down horseshit football for another week like it's the same complaints it's the same stuff that we're seeing jake can we pick up a blitz or are we good like what's up give me give me a little piece of your mind no i mean literally everything that we've been saying and i thought sean said it perfectly on our twitter last night where it's just the national commentators are now yelling the things that we've been screaming all season long like it's now just embarrassing that now it's just a a national point where it's like yeah everybody sees it. It's not just us. Everybody sees what's going mm-hmm. on. We talked about it. Coach broke it down stinking last week, talking about how, hey, this team blitzes the second most ho- highest rate in all the NFL. If it, they're going to be prepared for the blitz, it's got to be this time. Like, they are got to know that it's going to be coming. And then you see it early in the first quarter, and we're like, yep, there it is. Like, we knew it was coming all week. And you're just waiting like, all right, they're going to they're gonna adjust to it. They're going to pick it up better. They're going to do something to it, to beat it and everything. And every stinking play, you just get left scratching your fucking head. But let me ask, I want you know, quick answer. No, no long yes, no, like long ex- explanations. But I'm going to ask you all a couple of questions. And I just want a very quick answer from everybody. And this is, you know, at the end, I'll make my whole point here. You can pick two quarterbacks, Jared Goff or Jalen Hurts. Everyone's going to pick Jalen Hurts. Hurts. All right. Which wide receiver room are you taking? Amamra St. Brown and uh, who's their number two? I, I, I literally had it written down. Jamison Williams, Josh Reynolds. J- mm-hmm. Yeah, Amamra St. Brown, Jamison Williams, or A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith? Eagles again. Obviously, A.J. and Devontae. A.J. and Devontae. Right. Running back core, probably probably a, maybe a slight edge lines, but if it is, it's razor close. Like, it's it's pretty close. I'll take right? lines in that one. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. not like a, it's not a runaway, correct? No. Tight end, I mean, Sam split, Laporta. Even, it is what it is. Yeah, Sam Laporta, Dallas right. Goddard. If you're both, if they're both used in, in similar fashion, I would take Laporta. I would take Laporta, but I get your point. I get where you're going. So yeah, we're looking at every group, and then offensive line, not even close. We're going Eagles, correct? 
I'll take the I'll take the Eagles, but the, the Lions O line is good. We're built similarly, I think. Yeah. To your point, yeah. we're built similarly. We have talent. <laughs> like so it's not a talent issue. We're right there in almost or above in almost every single position group, and the Lions are light years ahead of us offensively. So what's that tell you? It's the coaching. Mm-hmm. coaching. Yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to give up on this talent. I'm not ready to move on from these guys that we saw elevate and, and go to a high level when things seemed to be, you know, everything was good. Everything, you know, we had this fresh scheme and this really leads right into my next point. Um, I'm going to open up a segment called the floor is yours where I'm going to start a conversation and I'm just going to open it up and let you guys talk about it. So the first thing, first topic I have is the honeymoon phase obsession from fans. I mean, it, it seems like fans every two years, they just, it's not about Justin Herbert. We we had the it guy at quarterback last year at Jalen, with Jalen Hurts. Now it's CJ Stroud, Jordan Love. Fans get this crazy fear of missing out. Like we need to move on and, and go find a quarterback like that. In reality, the NFL's parody model is perfect. Every team that rises, eventually they lose players, they lose coordinators and coaches, they have to pay their quarterback, they have to pay other guys, the schedule gets tougher, things get tougher, it's almost like a relationship, the first six months is awesome, this new person that you're spending a lot of time with, and then things get real. And how do you handle when it gets real, when there's more pressure, when there's expectations? Do you guys, I'm going to start with Sean, are you anywhere in your mind close to thinking about moving on from Jalen Hurts or any of the top talent on this team for any reason? You know, I've I've never really been much of like a uh, one weekend kind of guy or an, a one night stand kind of guy. I'm much more of a, a long term relationship kind of fellow myself. So, no, I, I really I don't think uh, I'm even near my leash as far as getting rid of or moving on from Jalen Hurts of all people. There's definitely a long list of players that I'm ready to move on from. But Jalen is not on that list. No, I, I conversely, I mean, you know, Jake, I, I, I do understand your point in saying that this was primarily a coaching issue. But I have to say last night, like I was totally free from blaming any one particular set of people. You know, we, we saw the coaching issues. We saw uh, a, an awful game plan against the Blitz, right? This is a Buccaneers team that blitz 57% of the time, and we had no answers for it, right? We had, uh, uh, but but conversely, like, so that's a coaching, a coaching issue. But conversely, we had what I counted as 17 missed tackles. I do not give a shit who your coaches are. You are a professional football player and you have been tackling people since you were five, six, seven years old. That is 1000% a player issue, right? So, and then not to mention, we're totally grossing over the total gaps we've had at safety and at linebacker on this defense, which was a general manager issue mm-hmm. that we've been yeah. faced with. So literally every single level, I'm like, I was just so done. There's so many errors on this team. I can't even point to one person and yell. It's the whole team. It's the whole organization. So, no. Uh, (laughs) I'm ready to move on from a lot of people. Jalen is at the very bottom of that list, though, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, No, it's a really good point. I mean, is that kind of how you guys are feeling, Jake, Joey? Uh, Are you over the blaming one thing or this or that? Because it sounds like everybody is kind of taking sides or picking something to, to blame or point a finger at, but really I think Sean just put it perfectly. We had issues at every level this year and it was almost the exact opposite of what we experienced last year, where it seemed like they were pushing the right button every single time they moved a finger. And this year they couldn't nail it to save their lives. It seemed, um, the fact that they even won 11 games is pretty surprising to me. Uh, probably saved me from really a lot of taking a lot more crap on Twitter than I usually would have. But yeah, are you guys are you guys in that same boat where you just want to blame the whole team at this point? Or, you know, do you see a disconnect coming from a certain area more than others? No, I mean, look, I'm I'm far from ready to move on from Jalen Hurts or anything. Are there things that he does that piss me off? Yeah, of course. But again, that's just losing six to seven. You're going to be nitpicking everybody. Like, you, mm-hmm. there's nobody other than Jason Kelsey who you know reports are he retired today. That you know you're you're thinking fondly of. He's the only guy where you're just like only have positive thoughts towards. But like, yeah, I 
watching Jalen Hurts sit there on the sideline when the game was still 9-16, to just completely by himself, not even looking at, at a tablet or anything. Like, yeah, that I don't like that. That pisses me off. Like, I, I want to see my quarterback, and that's just me. You know, I could be wrong, but I want to see my quarterback looking at the film, talking to his guys. It's the playoff game. You know, the emotions have been low recently. You know, all, all the vibes have been off. And I, I want to see somebody rallying the troops, getting everybody, talking the O-line. Hey, this is what I need from you. This is what happened on this play. And I, I don't like him just sitting there stoic on the sideline. But again, like that's just, it's all good in a win. It's just a loss, especially when it's 6-7, or seven, that everything really, you know, comes full circle. But I'm I'm way 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 far from being like yeah you know maybe we need to move off of him give him a, a solid coaching staff and a, a solid offensive scheme and then you have any kind of real idea what the future holds for this guy but obviously we've seen so many times where he is MVP level quarterback where he can just put the team on his back and and go on these miraculous you know miraculous runs but then you know when you lose six or seven. Again, you're going to start nitpicking and you're going to start seeing him sitting there on the sideline, not saying anything, not doing anything, not talking to anybody. And you're like, well, why the hell are you doing that? Yeah. And, and you got to wonder where that where that comes from, because quarterbacks have to be that guy that that go and, you know, show that that like you can't look around and be like, well, our quarterback is kind of checked out. Like, what are they? What What, what does he expect? Like. Lane Johnson to start getting in and getting everybody up and like figuring it out. Like, no nah, man. Like, so I kind of actually agree with that too. I didn't really think about that. Um, like I get I it. Guess if that's not him. Like watching don't fake game, it. Cause then that's not genuine, but right. I still, then I don't like that right. as a trait. Like well, we've seen it's it not genuine, not, I just don't like yeah. it as a trait. Yeah. We've seen it before. And then I will say this, like, I overlooked it a lot when the time came because he did stop his car, rolled down his window and smiled and gave us respect when we went out to Novacare and all. But something I thought about when that skid like absolutely continued, he was one of the last guys at practice. Just kind of something to mm. throw. Like when you hear first guy in, last guy, out, he was one of the last players to show up in the middle of a bad skid. Coach, I get what you're saying. It's just something to throw out there. Like in the middle of a bad skid, when you're hearing about your leader being first guy in, last guy out, and he's one of the last players to roll in. Let, let's hear what you, let's hear what coach has to say about this coming from a man that has a lot of feelings world, about teams because champion. he's been around football. A world yeah, champion, mind He's you. been around football, been around football, been around uh, you know the the game, and you know is is that kind of attitude the the stoic attitude and the you know doesn't really want to say much on the sideline is that actually contributing to anything or is that a result of that his the disconnect that we don't know about that he that he does and that internally they do. And, um, you know, talk to me. What do you got? I'll answer the first part of your question, Tom, about my concerns about moving on from Jalen Hurts. It's 0.00. There's not even a sliver of doubt. Um, for all the loyal listeners, about a month ago, maybe four or five episodes, I said on this show that Jalen Hurts plays in the least quarterback-friendly offense in the NFL. And I wasn't trying to be funny. I wasn't trying to be dramatic. I wasn't trying to say, oh, well, come, look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young's terrible. What are you talking about? Or, oh, look what's going on in Atlanta with Desmond Ritter. I wasn't trying to do any of that. I was simply stating that if you watch Eagles games and then rewatch them and then watch the All-22 and then watch them against the Blitz and then watch them against defenses. I even said on this show last week with Sean, Sean said the same thing. I don't think matchups matter. I don't care if they have the worst rated corner in the world going up against Devontae They're Smith. Not hunting for him. We're not giving him the ball. I don't care if the Bucs have the 32nd ranked rush defense. DeAndre Swift isn't going to see more than six carries. So I said on this show that Jalen Hurts plays in the least quarterback friendly offense. Can throw out stats for you if you want to back that up against the Blitz. The Eagles are the worst passing team against the Blitz. Throwing inside of the hash is which is where if you're blitzing your linebackers, there's nobody there in the middle to cover the middle, which is where you should be throwing to vacate that. The Eagles are dead last in the NFL. That's screenshot motion. Pre-snap motion, which helps a quarterback, giving him indication of man zone, where the blitz is coming from, where the pressure is coming from, off coverage, press coverage, identifying matchups. Dead last in the NFL. During the snap motion, which kind of lets the defense not get into position, not allow them to audible out of something, shows their hand early dead last in the NFL, okay? So my concerns with Jalen Hurts and moving on from him are 0.0 only for a small margin of the ton of shit that I just mentioned. As far as his stoicism and everything, 
the guys mentioned I've played football, I've coached football, everything. I've had leaders that are in your face barking down your throat. I've had leaders that are like Jalen Hurts, that are quiet, that are calm, that have that demeanor. I've had guys that lose their shit the second that they drop a football and mentally check out. And then I have guys that that laugh at the other opponent. They're like, yeah, we're coming, baby. That's fine. You can hit. You can knock me out. I'm going to laugh right back at you. I've had guys like that. Leadership comes in all different shapes and sizes. But as a consumer, as a viewer, as a person sitting on my couch, when I'm frustrated, I'm going to look at the littlest things. Just kind of like Jake said, when you're losing, I'm going to look at the smallest things. If Embiid just played 40 minutes and he's got his hands on his knees, I'm questioning, um, you know, his work ethic. Is he not in game shape? You know what I'm saying? Um, if I see Nick Castiano strike out and show no emotion, I'm questioning his heart. Is he really in it? Does he really care about anything other than stats? So when you see Jalen Hurts sitting on the sideline like that, we don't know if he's already looked at the tablet. We don't know if he's already talked to the teammates. That's just when the camera's panning over to him on the bench. There's so much stuff that we don't see. So, again, to wrap it up, my concerns are 0.0. Can he play better? Yes, absolutely. Everyone on this team can. But as far as moving on from him, I got no problems. Yeah, I, I completely agree with all you guys. You know, obviously, Jalen is I, – I kind of figured that was going to be the answer. But I'm seeing that discourse a lot. And, you know, I'm going to – real quick before we go to the next topic, I want to go back to the pre-snap motion thing. And I really – that's one of the biggest things I hated about Nick Sirianni's response to that was they asked him about pre-snap motion. He said, well, we're not just going to do motion for the sake of doing it. Well, well, you don't do it for the sake of doing it. You do it to help your offense. Like no one says just do it for the sake of it. We're asking you to do it because it helps. And it seems like he's not comfortable with it or they don't have it installed. So he didn't have the ability to go back and, and put more of it in and be more creative. And it's kind of, it's kind of a, a bad sign really. So perfect, perfect transition into my second topic for the floor is yours. And I'm going to open this up to you guys. Coaching staff. I have three options and the third one has two prongs. I'm going to let you guys all answer and give your, give, give your answer. A, do we fire the entire staff and start over? B, do we promote Brian Johnson as our new head coach? Or C, do we keep Nick Sirianni, but bring in new assistants and coordinators with one of two options. Number one is that if they fail, we fire them all. They're, they're done. Or do we groom a new offensive coordinator to come in and be the plan B to take over for Nick Sirianni if Nick Sirianni or if the team continues to skid and Nick Sirianni can't get it right so that there's some continuity so that the offensive coordinator can install some of his stuff. And then if if they fail, Sirianni gone, new offensive coordinator kind of takes his job, kind of a guy to push him a little bit and threaten him. So I'll, I'll re-say them if you want, but if you already have your answer, fire it away. Who wants to go first? Give me a hand. Give me something, Sean. Well, you talked a lot about continuity in that third option. Mm -hmm. The only thing that would continue on into the next season is this losing culture that we have. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know what bad habits they're building or what er erroneous coaching that they're performing. But if I had to take a pick, I'm going with the first option. I'm getting rid of everybody on this staff. Mm -hmm. For those of you guys at home that have been listening to the show long enough, we have always said that the mark of a good coach is its ability to adapt throughout the season. Right. Because other teams are going to catch up. It's 100 percent. This is every other coaching staff is incredibly smart and it's going to pick up on what you're doing, the habits you have, what have you. And this is a coaching staff that has refused to do so throughout the season, right? It's to the point where Troy Aikman is blasting us every other play and screaming the same stuff that we've been talking about on this show for week after week after week after week. It is so incredibly apparent and obvious to everybody with two eyes that's ever watched football that there is something very wrong with the coaching of this team. And it has to start from the top, right? You, we had gone last season from going to the Super Bowl looking fantastic on offense and most of the time looking competent other than the second half of the Super Bowl on defense. To lose both of those coordinators and to not maintain the same standard of play. And not only that, but have the one seed and have the team shit out on you and check out after having the number one seed and potentially a, a, a first round buy and home home uh, advantage throughout the playoffs to losing in the wild card. 
you lost the entire team. There's no going back from that. And the and I, I want nothing to do with any of these coordinators or Nick Sirianni heading into next season. I want them gone. I want them gone at, at 8 o'clock this morning. Stop <laughs> wasting time. There's too many good co- co- candidates on the market right now that, that we should be interviewing right now. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that. Jo- Joey, you got a... You got an uh, uh, an answer for that out of those, those options? Yeah, you know, I don't want to be reactionary and because I know a lot of people say that, you know, you don't make a decision based off one playoff game. You don't make a decision based off one game. But I think when it's a microcosm of how the last month and a half to two months have gone, mm-hmm. yep. I think you can. I think mm-hmm. you really can. I've been a Nick Sirianni guy. Don't get me wrong. I really have been. And, you know. I'm going to compare this to being a parent. I'm a parent. My son's about to be two years old. And anytime I see badass kids, you know, in the store, in Walmart, on social media, whatever, the first thing me and my wife always say is that's a product of their upbringing, their parents. I blame that on their parents, not the kids. They don't know any better and they weren't taught any better. So when I sit here on this podcast, on Twitter, to my friends talking about Brian Johnson and Matt Patricia, I have to think that Nick Sirianni has enabled this. Mm -hmm. He is the parent that has allowed them to get to this point. How many weeks did you sit back, Nick, and watch Brian Johnson not be able to figure out the blitz? How many weeks did you sit back and then watch Matt Patricia make this defense worse every single week? Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about how you look when you say, well, we went from decided Patricia, so we can't go back or we can't do anything else because that's how it'll look. You know what looks bad? Not being able to stop the Cardinals or Giants. That's Mm -hmm. what looks bad too. So I'm with Sean. At this point, after the Bucks game, I didn't want to be reactionary, but I really am considering firing everyone. We talked about motion. Go get one of those Shanahan tree guys. Go get a Bobby Slowick. Go get a Ben Johnson. I don't care. Get somebody like that that can use A.J. Brown, that can use Dallas Goddard, that can use Devontae Smith in ways that we've never seen before other than hoping that they're superheroes in one-on-one matchups. So Nick Sirianni is the parent that I'm pissed off at because he allowed his kids, Brian Johnson and Matt Patricia, to be badasses in Walmart. So I think all of them need to go. I like that. I like that. It's a good analogy. And um, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't have said it better myself. Great analogy. Great, 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 uh, you know, way to piggyback off each other. But Jake, do you have a other answer than that or are you getting rid of the baby the bathwater, the soap the sponge everything throwing it out and remodeling the whole darn bathroom or do you want to maybe promote brian johnson or keep sirianni fire them all fire them all <laughs> I, sale. look to just expound upon everything that you guys just said we were at training camp, and I saw since day one at training camp the slightest mistake. Sirianni stopping practice, grabbing people. He is demanding perfection. And I was like, training camp, I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Love to see it. We got a great team. I love Sean Desai. We nicknamed him Sean Disguise because he was going to be just throwing all kinds of different defenses at you and everything. You know, I said, Ben, uh, now I'm thinking of Ben Johnson, Brian. Our offensive coordinator, he got all kinds of different names thrown at me right now, all flustered. Offensive coordinator is like, perfect. He's known Jalen since he's four. If anybody knows how to put Jalen in the best position to succeed, it's him. And you're watching Nick Sirianni continually coach the players hard all season. There's different clips of him yelling at players on the sideline, doing all these things. And you're like, all right, like, I don't have a problem with that. Like, you got to make sure when somebody makes a mistake, you know, that they that they fix it, that they change. But then you see the same exact mistakes by the coaching staff and the play call in the scheme week in and week out, which to me says that Nick Sirianni thinks, oh, well, it's not our fault. We don't need to change. It's the player's fault. It's them not executing properly because we're just going to do the same thing every single week. And I'll yell at the players when it doesn't work out properly, but I'm not going to do anything about about the offense and Nick Sirianni he's an offensive mind he's not a defensive coach and everything and you hear the stories about how he had you know a meeting with Sean Desai after you know with some of these bad games talking about how we need to do things differently and everything and then they go out and make the drastic move of making Matt Patricia the new defensive coordinator without giving him that title but then him and Brian Johnson they're just still sitting there like no like it's the defense yeah we, we're gonna change something up there but it's not on us like Offense, it's on the players and it's on defense, but we're fine. 
And then to wrap it all up, when you hear A.J. Brown, again, this is just a small quote out of a a large statement. When you hear him after week 18 saying, it's about time we start trusting the coaching staff after the regular season has ended. That speaks volumes to me. He lost everybody. You, You hear players and reports that everybody still says, oh, no, we love Nick. You'd see a little bit different result if that was the case. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they like him as a guy, but I said it a bunch of times off a couple Bud Lights, maybe a couple Cran Vacas last night, that this team does not play that way for a coach that they want to stick around, that they know is sticking around, that they will ride for. 17 missed tackles, Sean counted. That's just, like, that's that's so soft. I mean, those two long touchdowns were the, like, they gave up, and it was embarrassing. It was it was disgusting and embarrassing. Um, so I want to switch it over to my third topic in this segment. That's a little bit more fun. And I hope you guys can pick these out of your brain. If you got to look it up maybe, but let's take an early look at next year's opponents, pick your favorite matchup, your least favorite matchup. And if you could go to one game next year, home or away, all expenses paid, which one are you going? I, I see people looking it up right now. Yeah, for those that are watching on YouTube, you saw Sean, Joey, and I all <laughs> grab our phones at the same time. <laughs> I should have told you guys because I was like, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be tough. But I'll start because I just actually was looking at the opponents the other day. Um, to be honest, my favorite matchup is the Green Bay the Green Bay game. Uh, I can't wait to see Jalen Hurts for Jordan Love. I hope it's in prime time. My least favorite matchup is probably Baltimore. I do like to play a good team, but gosh, that's going to be a tough one. Their defense is so good. Lamar is a nightmare and it's on the road. Going to be a tough one. And if I could go to one game next year, home or away, all expenses paid, man, that's tough. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to just double up. I want to go to that green Bay game. It's at home. It's at the link. I want it to be in prime time. I, I really want to see a full game. Jordan love Jalen hurts. We got a little taste of it in 2022. when. Rodgers got hurt and Love had to come in for a little bit, uh, and he played well. So I think it's going to be a really fun game, and that's the one I want to go to. I will turn it over to whoever's ready when you're ready. All right, there's I got I got a couple here. The one that I'm most looking forward to, and I'm hoping and praying that our defensive line gets back to 2022-2023 defense, just feasting on quarterbacks, not 23-24. And I'm looking forward to the Browns game, and I just want to see – I want to see Deshaun Watson – just get absolutely destroyed i want to see him buried in the ground agonizing pain <laughs> screaming and crying so, so your favorite matchup to that game yeah i mean mm-hmm. i'm just looking forward for the opportunity i loved at training camp when i was at the joint practice between the eagles and the browns and i watched deshaun watson get picked off four times he'll claim something else when he subtweeted elliot shore parks after that saying it was all cap no we absolutely <laughs> feasted on Deshaun Watson. I love seeing that little bitch cry at the joint practice, and I cannot wait to see him just get absolutely fucking killed on that field. Uh, Matchup I'm probably least looking forward to. This is kind of a cop-out. Like, I feel like we play the Rams every stinking year. Like, Mm. and we're playing them away Mm. again. It's an extra home game, essentially, because LA is the worst sports town in all of of sports. And so... That'd be a fun one to go to, though. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. Like if you're going to it, for sure it's fun because you're at, yeah. you're on the West Coast. So with five. at least fifty percent Eagles fans on the West Coast. Yeah, but it's just kind of like so okay, well, again we're playing the Rams. Like let's get somebody we don't really see all that often. And if I was going to a game, I'd probably want to travel for one. I've been to a few games. I'm not Tom. I was there stakes, uh, but I've <laughs> been to a I've been to a couple of games. I went to a great game with Sean at the link. Uh, if I was going to be traveling for a game, I'd probably enjoy going to Cincinnati and seeing the Bengals, seeing what the Eagles can cool. do against a top-tier team. One healthy, they're a top-tier team, seeing what we can do on the road against them uh, with competent mm-hmm. coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually thought about that one when I was thinking about my my go-to game, um, Cincy. I like that that, that fan base, the jungle. It's it's uh it's always looked cool on TV. Definitely a good spot, a uh, good good place to, to catch a game. And I'm, I'm sure they're passionate fans too. So it makes it that much more fun. Joey, Sean, whoever wants to go next, take it away. Um, game I'm most looking forward to is at New Orleans because it's not too far away from me as far as the drive goes. Mm-hmm. I also feel like we have this relationship with the Saints where we always either own them in a trade 
or their fans are back and forth with us. I got to tell you, outside of the NFC East, that's a fan base that I despise. Mm-hmm. That really I, is a team and a fan base that I just cannot stand for whatever reason. We have playoff history with them. We have uh, tough games uh, history with them. I, I don't like a lot of their players. So um, the at New Orleans game, um, I don't know if we have any remnants left from that trade where feeding them would help our trade thing, but I think it's pretty much <laughs> done after this year. So that's a game I'm looking forward to, a game I'm not looking forward to. I'll say the at Baltimore one, just because you could be looking at playing the defending Super Bowl champions potentially. Um, that's a defense that's good no matter what the year, what coordinator, what players. And then you got Lamar Jackson. You think that Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick have trouble wrapping up Baker Mayfield and, and guys like that in the almost sacks? Imagine how frustrated we're going to be when we play against Lamar Jackson, who last time I checked, it's kind of shifty, just a little bit. And then and then just to wrap it up, the game uh, that if I could go to, this is going to be a cop out, but it's probably because I'm 99 percent going to it. Jags in Philly again. There you Uh, go. Sean and Jake, you know, last time I was there for that monsoon, it's the first time I met you boys uh, face to face. It rained harder than it's ever rained in the Pennsylvania area uh, since 1902. That so that was fun. So Dougie P and the boys coming back to town. Um, I'll be coming up probably with a bunch of, of, of Duval Devils. So look forward to that game. Should be fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was I was at that. My my fault, Sean. I was at that Jags. That was the worst weather I've ever had. Sean, ever. take it away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can place prop bets on the weather on that particular day, but bet the house that it's going to pour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys, the most uh, the, the game I'm looking forward to most. I mean, this one's a layup. We go right back down to Tampa Bay at some point next yeah. year. Yeah, right. This is a team that just kicked your ass out of the playoffs. So this is going to be a, a huge. Uh, I don't want to say a stepping stone, but uh, something to measure yourself against to see how this team has progressed from one season to the last. Um, the team I'm looking forward to playing least. Uh, it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. Just because if this team gets any better than this is a trap game, mm. we might, uh, you know, if, if this team, if this Eagles team isn't nearly as good as it was this year, I, I, I would hate to see uh, us lose a game like this potentially, mm. right? That's just the, the stakes are the highest if we end up losing that one. And at this point, right. I'm not in the mood to say that's going to be an ass whooping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, the the game I like to go to the most, I'm probably I, I would I would actually venture to say the Baltimore game. Um, it's an away game. I've actually never been to that stadium. It's a nice day drive. I wouldn't have to like get a hotel or anything like that. So just the most uh, feasible, and I think that the team would travel particularly well as as well. So I'd like to go to an away game where we are very well represented. I did say all expenses paid, so you could get a hotel if you wanted to. I wouldn't want to make you you pay anything, buddy. Take <laughs> it easy. Oh, yeah. It's the hypothetical you know man in the sky paying for the yeah. Whoever's <laughs> paying for it though, just you know, you, save the money you're saving. I'll take it easy. That's I'll, that's I'll, fair. I'll tr- um, but no, you did bring up a good point on the Bucks game. It's funny because we, we played them week three this season and we dominated and then we come to the playoffs and we look lifeless and then we're going to play them next year. So we have to we have to run that back. So I like that. I like that pick um, for, for that one. And, Hopefully a l- little bit of a midseason game, so it's not so dang hot down there when when they play. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was that was awesome. I, I loved uh, loved hearing all that. You know me, like Jake said, I'm the I'm the I was there guy, um, and I love talking new schedule, new games, planning out the season. It's a big part of a uh, big part of my 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 day my my yearly ritual, if you will. Um, but I want to segment uh, segue into a segment called talking points um we started this a couple episodes ago i don't know if we redid it on the one i missed but it's gonna be my first time hosting the game it is a lot like around the horn for those who are new to this segment um the espn show if you're not familiar it we uh we award points we have we have a couple we have a couple topics and we award points i award points to whoever is making the best arguments or giving me the best opinion on these these topics and the winner gets to choose a charity and we will donate to that charity so i believe we stated our charities before but i will let you guys reiterate them if they've changed or anything like that jake i haven't hosted you playing this game yet so you got to pick a charity first give it to me 
Oh, yeah. I will be playing today for the Delaware Foster Association uh, to help different foster families be able to uh, afford the cost of just bringing in these foster children that they're watching until they you know, get adopted and everything. My, my brother's adopted. My sister and her husband are foster parents and have had uh, you know, a, a handful of different uh, children and babies that they've watched from anywhere from a few weeks to you know, now their current foster placement they've had for almost seven months. Uh, and, and so we know firsthand how overwhelmed that whole adoption, uh, child you know, services department is all completely overwhelmed and extremely underfunded. Uh, so hoping to help them out a little bit. Awesome. That's a great choice. And uh, how about you, Joey? Um, same thing as last week. I'm going to do the Jack's Humane Society here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, just kind of piggybacking off of Jake. Uh, adopting is the way to go, man. Adopt, don't shop. There's so many animals, uh, dogs, cats. And I think a lot of people don't have the education to understand that you can find whatever pet, dog, cat that you want, whatever type of breed, anything, and you can adopt them so that people don't run these puppy mills and all this stuff and just, you know, have in inhabitable places for animals so the jacksonville humane society is who i'm playing for today awesome and sean we're rocking out the same uh foundations before that's going to be the uh the papa bear strong foundation supplying school supplies as well as uh athletic opportunities for uh less fortunate kids in delaware awesome awesome three great charities three great men and let's get to it um first point on talking points kelsey's retirement Jake, do you buy it, and is it going to have an impact on the team? If so, how much of an impact? Because we know it's going to impact the team. How much? Unfortunately, yes, Jason Kelsey is retiring. We're waiting for the official name from him. Really, it's going to impact the team. You're going to see Cam Jorgen slide over center. He was hand-selected by Kelsey to be his heir apparent. You'll probably see Tyler Steen in there and, and play, replacing the right guard spot. But with the few seconds I have left, I'm just using this as a farewell to Jason Kelsey. He inspired so many different people. I mean, he's a, a seven-time Pro Bowl, six-time All-Pro player, Hall of Famer. Might go down as he's going down as the greatest center in Eagles history. He's going to be an all-time center in NFL history. And just really thank you for everything you've done for this city, for everything that you left on the line. Nobody understood Philly, its fans, and what it meant to be an Eagle better than Jason Kelsey. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. Earned a couple bonus points for that beautiful. Beautiful uh, statement on Kelsey. That's going to be tough to top. Sean, what do you got? Kelsey retired. Do you buy it? Is it going to hurt us? Is it going to help us? What's up? Well, damn sure isn't it going to help us, man. Uh, beautiful job, Jake, just prior. Uh, I do believe the rumors are correct. I mean, you saw him standing on the sidelines uh, con consoling um, – the, our, our line coach at the very end of the game, Stoutland. as you mentioned, this is yeah Stoutland. This is a guy that has been all pro six times throughout his career. He is a Super Bowl champion. You saw him at the parade, uh, donning the costume, giving the speech that 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 really was able to resonate with the entire fan base. And it's a guy that's going to be remembered for decades and decades after playing. You're talking an all time greater. Retire number sixty two. Put throw it in the rafters. Don't let another Philadelphia Eagle touch it until the 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 day that. NFL collapses. Love it. Love it. Joey, what do you got? Buying the retirement? No, I don't buy it one bit. Um, even oh. when he officially announces retirement and files the paperwork, I'm still not buying it. I'm not buying it until week one and I see another center snapping that football. Cam Jurgens, uh, Joel Embiid, you name a center. I don't <laughs> care. I got to see somebody else doing it until I buy it. And that's just because the kid in me is not letting myself believe it whether it be santa claus tooth fairy easter bunny i'm not going to tell myself that this is a possibility there's just no chance that jason kelsey is not my center yes mine i'm a philadelphia eagle he's not my center is it going to affect us in a big way absolutely heart soul brian dawkins my favorite player ever nobody would come close to touching him jason kelsey did and may surpass him wow Love that, too. Got to love it. A lot of love for you, 62. We'd love for the farewell tour. I think a lot of people here would absolutely love one more year. That out is of a you, good point, though, Coach. I really, until, until he's not playing, I still have that hope of, like, man, if something happens to Juergens in training camp, he's coming out of retirement. Like, no doubt. <laughs> there we go. There we go. He's always on speed dial. Okay, so speaking of departures, second topic, and I'm going to start with Sean. Who else needs to go? Name one player, just one player, and why needs to go. Who needs to go? Like, who needs to retire? Who do you want 
out, not retire, just get him out. Oh, come on. It's it's got to be James Bradbury. Thankfully, <laughs> thank you for giving me the opportunity to go first because I'm sure these other guys are going to say the exact same thing. I mean, you talk about a guy yesterday in a playoff game, got targeted uh, six times for five receptions and 105 yards, gave up a perfect passer rating of 153. I mean, he was an absolute abomination. We're going to be talking about him in the greatest gaffes and free agent signings of the Eagles cornerbacks in franchise history. This guy goes down with the nom the awesome was right uh, this guy goes down with uh, you name it the the worst of the worst in this position over the last 30 years it's 100 james bradbury get him off my team gotta love the nom the awesome one name drop i know byron maxwell was on the tip of your tongue too joey what do you got yeah, I think if, if whoever got that question first, that was the easiest answer coming out of their mouth right there. But uh, I'll give you an answer. How about name a linebacker? Pick any linebacker on this Eagles team. Pick them all. Every single one of them. And yes, unfortunately, that goes for you too, N'Kobe Dean. There hasn't been one linebacker this year that has shown that he's worthy of a roster spot on the 53. Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, Shaq Leonard, N'Kobe Dean. I don't care who it is. This is the time, finally, to address this position and get some dogs back there. And I don't just mean Georgia Bulldog. I don't mean Mississippi State, okay? I need some actual dogs back there. So you want to know who needs to go? The whole damn linebacking room. Love that. Absolutely love it. And uh, you did mention um, N'Kobe Dean. You know, bringing in a new coach might toughen these guys. Like, look, man, I don't care if that's your boy Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis. N'Kobe Dean's not good enough to play. He's not going to be on the field with you guys. I don't I don't care where we picked him. I don't care if he was supposed to get a chance. And that's one thing I would look forward to in a new coach is, is being a little bit of a dog in terms of who to play and who to sit. Jake, one player, got to go. Who do you have? Look, you guys, you know, you guys both had fine answers. Sean obviously had the answer we all wanted. But the the answer for me is obvious. It's Quez Watkins. I mean, there is nobody that's given. He's been getting so many opportunities, so many passes from this team. You hear year two, oh, this is the takeoff year for Quez. He's going to have, you saw a little bit of promises rookie year. He did shit. Jack all this year. Oh, this is going to be the year for him. If anybody, you've got AJ, you got Devontae. He's going to be getting prime matchups. It's going to be him. You see in the first playoff game, oh, AJ's down. Julio goes down early. All you see time after time after time after time after time is a guy that's a bitch, a guy that doesn't fight out there, the guy that doesn't play with his heart, a guy that just lollygags it all day long. You want to talk about, oh, you better be ready when I call. Man, should I always have that thing on me? He left that shit on do not disturb. Couple extra points for the uh, Quez quote there. Uh, okay, moving on now to a similar topic: draft or free agency. Which one are you looking forward to more? I'm gonna spin it right back to Jake. Look, everybody, I, I got to answer the draft just because it's something so, like so fun. Like Joey put it on his Twitter yesterday, right after the game. We're all running to 2024 mock drafts. Like that's the first thing that we're doing. Yeah. We're excited about who we're going to get. Is this going to be the first year that they prioritize linebacker and safety? Are we going to see a team be completely rebuilt uh, from with this young talent, this young crop of guys out there running back? DeAndre Swift is going to be a free agent, but we have a super talented class. Are we going to find that next shifty running back in there? So while free agency is fun, but the the taste that was left in our mouth after just getting pretty much nothing out of free agency this offseason and having the probable defensive rookie of the year out of the draft, the answer is easy. It's the NFL draft. Love that. Absolutely love that because I love draft season too. I'm a free agency guy, but draft has so much more hype. You get the boys over, your beers are flowing, you got picks, you got my mock drafts on the wall, on your screens, on the laptops, you live stream it maybe. It's heck, hella fun, hella fun. Joey, what do you say? Yeah, there's nothing funner than the NFL draft, man. Like you said, the mock drafts, the intrigue. You know, everybody turns off their phones, and we want to hear the commissioner say it because we want to be shocked by the pick. But if I'm talking about the Eagles itself, it's free agency. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just talked about how bad uh, James Bradbury is. He's got to go. We just talked about the linebacking core, how bad they are. They got to go. We're not replacing that with rookies if we're talking about our window to win a Super Bowl. No. I'm going to get the best corner on the market. I'm going to get Jalen Johnson, and I'm paying him whatever he wants. That's what I'm doing. We have the potential to have Keely Ringo as the outside starter next year, and we have a nickel that we got from the Colts and Isaiah Rogers that people always keep forgetting about. So I say go get Jalen Johnson, a young, athletic, stud corner who's been in this league. Go get free agency, and then we can all have fun with the draft. But you got to do it, and I think Howie will. 
Love that. And you know what? Another guy that wasn't that Isaiah Rogers name drop was good. I'm going to give you another point for that. Um, Avante Maddox might be gone, man. That was another guy that no one mentioned, but that was a that was a departure guy. Could be out of here. Can't stay healthy. And you have Isaiah Rogers, young corner coming up, hungry, special teams guy. Might be Avante's time. Sean, draft or free agency? Oh, oh Avante just barely made my list. If anybody else had taken James Bradbury in that prior question, that's who <laughs> I was going with, especially just because of how disappointing he's been, both due to lack of availability and piss poor effort on mm-hmm. last night's game. You talk about a guy that wanted no parts of tackling at any one point from the opening whistle to the final whistle. This is a guy, and and this is actually going to feed into my answer. I'm actually a little more uh, looking forward to free agency because I don't mind all of the free agents we're losing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be, we're coming up this year, we're going to be losing Zach Cunningham, get him out of here. Jack Driscoll, not going to miss him, right? Uh, we're, we're missing Shaquille, Shaq Leonard, I don't care one bit. Nick Morrow, get him out of here. Albert O, never met you. you know, uh, <laughs> Sua, Sua Opeta, I'm tired of seeing you in the games. Quez Watkins, get the hell out of Philly and never come back. It, these are all nobodies. <laughs> last year, we were coming out of that, that last season going, this is going to be a massacre because we are losing big-time starters that played well during the season. This year, I'm looking forward to it because all of these players I just mentioned are the ones we're losing, and they are all – we are going to replace them with people that are better than them yes so the draft is fantastic it's exciting you learn about a lot of college guys but really this free agency is is you know we're 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 not on borrowed time we're we're playing with house money here so i'm looking forward to that the more more than anything i love that i love that because it's funny we i said the same thing on twitter but we lost a load of talent last year all these starters we replaced them with guys that we're probably losing this year. We're like losing our replacement guys. So we're going to hopefully reverse that back and get some starters, get some quality talent. I like all the answers. Um, and so with, with that, with draft and free agency, the next topic here is addition. So give me an early, I think Joey already nailed with the Jalen Johnson, but maybe you could pick the same one. You could expound on that, but it could be from the draft or from free agency. Give me one of your early additions, Joey. I'll start with you because you already had one. And if you want to switch it up, fine. If you want to, if you want to roll with Jalen, that's fine too. Yeah, uh, I mean, my guys all offseason is going to be Jalen Johnson. I mean, unfortunately, we have to worry about the tag, him being tagged, so that may not be a possibility. Um, so if I can go back up, uh, something I mentioned on the show previously as well was Roquan Smith. Um, they paid Patrick Queen. They can't do it. Sorry, Jake, that I'm naming two names. I'm just taking a back up here. <laughs> But they can't pay. They pay Patrick Queen, so they can't pay both linebackers. Roquan Smith. We talked about corner and linebacker. I personally think corner is the bigger need because it's a passing league, and then you could use the draft pick on linebacker for the first time since 1902. Since we never do that, so I'll stick with it. I'm going to go Roquan Smith, even though I mentioned it, Jalen Johnson earlier. Jake, free agent or draft early? Early eyes on a draft prospect. Do we have one? What do we got? Well, look, I'm Captain Pivot and Captain Think on my head. So Coach took two right there off the bat, so I can't go that direction because then I'm a copycat. (laughs) So I'll go a fun name, an exciting name, and a guy that's fallen to where you might be able to get him with that 50th overall pick from the Saints. And that would be a name we would all love to see, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., I mean, the guy was coming out as wow, a first-round potential linebacker. You're seeing you're seeing all kinds of things around him. Sean, you're getting really the short end, back-to-back last answers of, of questions. Well, Sean got Bradbury's. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's worth two questions right there. But Jeremiah Trotter Jr., you got to be excited about the potential of him coming in here, and you just got to hope and pray that that connection of him and his dad in Philadelphia gives a little bit of edge for Howie to be like, yeah, let's get this guy in here. Hopefully uh, – Mr. Senior's calling him up saying you can't miss on my son. Uh, but it's obviously a position in need. You already named we're losing, what, every linebacker we have except for Nicobe Dean. So it's obviously going to be a position that we need to replenish with depth and starter caliber play. And you see a guy that has potential to be a day one starter in Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I love it. Um, you know, you talk about Jeremiah Trotter and his dad. Jeremiah Trotter, his dad, me, my dad. I mean, we grew up watching that guy doing the axe, man. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, we'll all have our sons watch Jeremiah Trotter Jr. with us. That would be amazing. Sean, do you have – I know you got a little emotional when Jeremiah Trotter was taken off the board there. Oh, it's okay. Who do you got? It's okay. 
No, that was that's certainly the sentimental pick. Um, I'm going to be screaming to draft a linebacker much higher than Howie Roseman typically does. I think this year has to be the year that he realizes that this is a damn important position, especially when you're bad at it. So instead of that number 50 pick, I'm not exactly sure where we we, we pick in the first round. Was it 25, 22? Okay, so I'm just going to name it. I don't know even know where he's expected to fall right now, but I've got my top linebacker on the draft is a Dallas Turner. Right. That's a name that you're going to be hearing a lot in this draft process. He is an absolute stud playing for Mm -hmm. Bama. And if we could go instead of waiting until the second, if we could pull the trigger on one in the first, I think it would be magnificent. I'm all for it. Give me Dallas Turner as my one singular. If I had to pick free agent draft, I'm going with him. I like that. I like that because it's funny because. You know, you you said you were looking forward more to free agency, but you have a draft prospect and a guy that I haven't really heard the name of. But Alabama, sign me up. I got to look. I got to look more into the draft prospects. Usually I'm a little late on that. But um, okay. so talked about additions to the roster. How about candidates? If Nick Sirianni is fired, give me your top target, Jake. It's got to be Mike Rabel. Mike Vrabel's got to be my top target. The guy who's the coach of the year just recently, he's had pretty much nothing to work with over there. The best quarterback he's had under his tenure was uh, Ryan Tannehill, who for a stretch there was putting up some decent numbers. But you got a guy that obviously knew how to just have a, a running back be a workhorse. We obviously don't have a Derrick Henry on this team, and I don't foresee that changing in this offseason. But still, it's a guy that knows that running can win football games and can really set a tone offensively. Guy that loved A.J. Brown, apparently was very distraught when they traded him away and was very adamant that he did not want him to leave that franchise. So you got a good relationship there already. A guy that's gotten a lot out of a little in some pretty bad Titans teams that already has the pedigree and everything to show that he knows what he's doing. And the Titans really should have traded him. They just were idiots and said, we didn't want to go through that long process of trading him, so we fired him. Uh, Mike Vrabel's the guy. Yeah, you know, I, I like he's a football guy's football guy, but, you know, I kind of limited your points there because he did catch a touchdown against us in the Super Bowl, and he did imitate the bird flap, and that makes me feel a little bit dirty, but I do like Mike Vrabel. Joey, top candidate. To me, it's an easy answer. It's Bobby Slowick uh, from the Texans, the Texans offensive coordinator. First of all, he's going to have local ties. He's a New Jersey guy, grew up there. Second of all, he's a guy that started actually on defense and then made his way over to the offensive side. You look at what he's been able to do with the Texans offense. Jake mentioned, are we better than the Detroit Lions at skill positions? Guys, you have a rookie quarterback, a suspect offensive line, uh, a rookie fifth-round pick in Tank Dell, and then Nico Collins, who's just a guy. And this Texans offense just put up over 40 in a playoff game against Cleveland's number one defense, okay, with Stroud looking like the rookie of the year, making Tank Dell look special, making Nico Collins look special, a pro bowler, okay? Bobby Slowick knows what he's doing. And, oh, yeah, what do I always pound the table for? A Shanahan tree offensive guy. Our number one investment is Jalen Hurts, $250 million. This coach better be able to make his life easier. And Bobby Slowick can for all the reasons I just mentioned. I like that. And I've heard his name a lot. And I think CJ Stroud might hit a little bit of a similar thing that many young quarterbacks go through when they lose that offensive coordinator after the honeymoon phase kind of dies down, like we talked about. And you start losing coaches and coordinators and who knows if CJ Stroud is going to look exactly the same when all that hype kind of dies down and Slowick's out of there. My question about a guy from that tree is that, is he going to just copy and paste what he knows about that scheme or can he evolve that scheme over the next couple of years? Is he a leader in that way? And I, I don't know if he is or not, but I hope if they pick a guy like that, it's not just because he has the hot thing right now and that they think in three years, that hot thing is going to evolve and get better because I don't want to get in the same situation that we're in right now. But if Slowick can call plays, adjust, adapt, I'm all for it. And obviously the scheme they're running is the NFL's like top offense right now. So love that. Sean, who do you got? First of all, I would like to say that this is an excellent, excellent year to fire your head coach. Right. <laughs> Big reason why I'm out on Nick Sirianni is is my two cohorts have named two fantastic candidates that I'd ultimately be happy with. And I'm not going to pick one of those. Not to mention, there's a head coach on the market with six Super Bowl rings, and I'm not going to pick him either. 
<laughs> my my actually my ideal head coach is the guy that we had just saw win the college football national there championship. Yes. And it ran an offense that we were clamoring to see this Eagles team run. Tons of motion, tons of stuff right down the middle. It's a guy that that always has people running around. And it's a guy that I think that this that this team, this city would really come to a door because he is batshit fucking insane. I got to go with Jim Harbaugh. Not only did he win the national championship, but he's the only reason why we remember Colin Kaepernick. He took him all the way to the Super Bowl, however long ago, and has continued to adapt and evolve and get smarter and smarter every single year, whether it's in the pro- professional or college ranks. There's not, without a doubt, Jim Harbaugh is at the very tip top of my list of head coaching candidates. Absolutely nailed it. I was going to mention, not only has he proven it at a college, but we've seen him in the pros and he's done well there. You know, and another thing you mentioned about Jim Harbaugh is that insane, crazy attitude. I think Sirianni's kind of getting corny. And I hate to say that because I loved the corniness early on. It seems like uh, it's kind of goofy now. Jim Harbaugh's naturally a nut job. This guy is, he'll yell at a fan, but you know he means it. It's not some forced thing you know it's not some goofy so i like it i like the attitude a lot i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if it's forced i remember hearing him at the end of the chiefs game where it's like yeah take that chiefs fans hell yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it didn't seem fake but if i saw him in a dark alley i would not be afraid of nick sirianni right if if, if Jim Harbaugh was talking crazy to me in a back alley, I would assume he was going to stab me 613 times. Like, and they would find me and I would look like a pin cushion. Like, one for, so one for think, every missed tackle of the Eagles defense, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I think that's the difference. I think uh, Jim Harbaugh just it seems like he means it a little more when he, he goes yeah. a little off the deep end. Yeah. In a way yeah. that we would like. And it's funny because if we don't fire Sirianni, I'm going to say on this show, I don't think he's corny. I'm a homer and I'm just going to be optimistic. But uh, no, but no, I I like that. I like like all three candidates you guys gave different answers, different reasons. Love all three. Um, Okay, more important for a coach, do you think? Taking a QB to the next level or establishing a defensive identity in Philadelphia? Joey, what do you think? It's QB to the next level without a doubt. This is a QB league. I can be a head coach and take my quarterback to the next level and hire a badass defensive coordinator. See Andy Reid, Jim Johnson. See that, okay? I can do that same thing. See Andy Reid with Pat Mahomes and Spagnuolo in Kansas Mm -hmm. City. Mm -hmm. I can do that. So you have to have that coach that is able to take your quarterback to the next level because if you want to break it down analytically and talk salary cap, $250 million is going to one player. That one player is the quarterback. This is the position that is leaned on more than any other position in sports that leads a team that touches the ball every single play and is always in the MVP discussion. This is what wins you football games. So I need this coach to be able to take my quarterback to the next level. Jalen Hurts has already shown two-thirds of the season, MVP consideration. Last year, MVP runner-up and all-pro. It's there. So the answer is QB next level no matter what. Love that. Jake, what do you got? Man, Sean, last four questions in a row. <laughs> That's what you it get from really. Me. I don't even know. I'm just like, I'm spouting it out. I'm, I gave him the Bradbury lob, and now he's getting punished. <laughs> no, I mean, for all the, the points Coach made and more, it's got to be take the quarterback to the next level. And, and I thought I was going to be able to slip in my point, but he took it right up from me because you can hire a defensive mind. And they obviously, like Nick Sirianni, you see it this year, he had nothing to do with the defense other than, Maybe his fingerprints were all over the the idiotic decision to move Matt Patricia there. But it seems like it was so much completely separate wing of the Novacare, of the link, everything. It was just, hey, we'll deal with the offense. You deal with the defense. So if you get somebody that can rub two brain cells together, we can get in there and completely change this defense and the culture around that. But you get a quarterback. You saw what what a good quarterback can do. You saw we were a ten and one team that had no be- business being ten and one if it wasn't for Jalen Hurts overcoming awful play calling, overcoming a terrible scheme. And that's from what a good quarterback was. And then it catches up to you eventually. Teams realize, oh, they are going to be moronic the entire game long. They aren't going to throw between the numbers. They aren't going to run consistently. But you have a guy that can really focus on making it easy for the quarterback and you hire somebody to focus on the defense and take that off your plate. It takes your whole team to the next level. Love that. Uh, Sean, I got a feeling I know your answer, but hit me. 
It's got to be a clean sweep. I mean, it's it's clearly taken a quarterback to the next level. You take a look at and and coach already mentioned Andy Reid coaching up Pat Mahomes, but even before that with Donovan McNabb, you saw Donovan McNabb move on to a different team and Big Andy's days were numbered over here. Mm-hmm. Take a look at some of the longest tenured coaches that have just moved on. You got Bill Belichick that lasted all those years with Tom Brady. Brady leaves and his time was limited. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll had Russell Wilson for all those years. He, Russell leaves to go to, to the Broncos. And now he, you know, Pete Carroll lasted what, two more seasons? And now he's out in Seattle. You mm-hmm. take a look at all of who's left in the league and it has the longest tenured uh, uh, stays at one particular team. And it's all guys with good quarterbacks. I mean, you got John Harbaugh with uh, Jack, Lamar Jackson, Andy Reid with, we already mentioned with Pat Mahomes, and then Sean McDermott's got Josh. Allen, you cannot have you do not have job security unless you're able to take your quarterback into that A list of of NFL quarterbacks. Absolutely, absolutely, couldn't put it better myself. I agree. Um, head coach wise, I do think there. I think we'd all agree that there needs to be a defensive identity, but I do think head coach wise, you need an offensive guy. A maybe not an offensive guy, but a, a, a guy that knows how to put a system around, even if it's like. Jake said Mike Vrabel. He's a defensive-minded guy, but he's worked with Ryan Tannehill. You saw the level that they had Tannehill playing at because he just knows football. And so I I think that that's a really good point overall from from everybody, just making the points that that everybody made. Um, And the last question is a very fun one. Kelly Green, do you bring it back next year or do you keep it in 2022 and every other year before when it was there? Sean, I'm going to start with you. Well, uh, I will say that there was a little too much ado about the Kelly Greens. I like them. They're fine. They were a little off of of not only the version they brought out in 2011, but the the previous, when they originally wore those jerseys. I don't like the inconsistencies in shade. Um, But unfortunately for the Eagles, there's not many other throwbacks to go into or alternate jerseys to venture into outside of those uh, hideous baby blue and yellow ones that they whipped out for a game or two uh, about a decade ago. Yeah. Right. So um, I I will say that they have to, to bring them back out the entire stadium, the entire crowd loves it. You see, everybody's got nothing but Kelly green, not to mention the revenue it brought the team. I mean, we probably brought in just as much money as we lost, not hosting any sort of playoff game. So from a business perspective and a fan perspective, we got to keep the Kelly greens. Love that Joey. I see you're wearing it right now. So, so let me hear you. What do you got? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. You 100% bring it back. We just talked about injecting some energy and fun into this team. Nothing would do that like the Kelly Greens. We played the Bills and the Dolphins, arguably the only two games this year where this team looked competent against a contender in the Kelly Greens. I'm not saying that the jerseys did that, but there's just something about it. When you're a player and you put on a jersey that's just so clean, so sexy, and you're in a night primetime game feeling good where you feel like nobody can touch you, Stuff like that matters to players, man. The vibes are going to be high. The crowd's going to be electric, painted green. Bring it back. It's a no-brainer. Coach wants to see Bobby Slowick in a Kelly Green pullover so bad. (laughs) So bad. And I'm right there with him. Jake, what do you got? Not only bring him back. You, there needs to be a conversation about them taking over as the primary home jerseys and swapping the midnight greens to be the alternate. You saw, like he said, you look good, you play good. This city just loved it, embraced it, ate it all up. And obviously, they're the sexiest jerseys in the NFL. For just the fun question it is, it'd be so much more fun to have at least a stretch of time where that's our home jersey. And then we'll do some alternates around it. And then maybe even you whip in a white with Kelly Green on there and completely revamp. Because if you're going in for... A nickel going for the whole, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Go for it all. Revamp the home and Love away. It. Get a whole nother jersey for me to waste money on. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you see behind me, I got the all the jerseys. green is honestly, all the, the white, jackets. The white primary with the green is honestly, it might even be a little bit better every now and then. It's, yeah. it's hot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I remember when they Kelly Greens came out, people were DMing me like, yo, do you know if we're going to release white ones? And it's like, first of all, do I look like a merch guy? Like, do I look like the pro <laughs> shop? Like, 
<laughs> but no, I was you like, do. no, you, we can't do that. We can only have a certain amount. It's an alternate. It's not going to have another white version. But if it was the primary, then absolutely. You'd have a green one. You have a white one. And I would love that. I think the white one's so clean. But that was a great segment. Talking points. Um, the winner is Sean. Sean, I, I liked all the stuff you had to say. You were pumping me up with the Jim Harbaugh stuff. Um, a lot of the, the Dallas Turner as a Bama linebacker got to look into him. Sean got it. I'm going to give Sean the final thought and uh, and his charity uh, gets the donation this week. So awesome job, everybody. But Sean, take it away. Final thought. Final thought, fellas. It was a tumultuous uh, football season. It's still not over, but I can't root for anybody if it's not the birds. Um, I, I look forward to, to all the off-season coverage. I look forward to the draft. I look forward to free agency with you fellas. Um, it's been real. It's been real. Uh, just final thought is we'll see you next year, guys. Love it. Love it.